Hello and welcome to the first and ten week nine review for the NFL season. I'm Ollie, once again joined by Ash. Ash, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks. Bye, you. Yeah, really good, thanks. It's uh, been a great week of football, and you know, can't complain. So uh, yeah, it's been really interesting week this week. I think some yeah, big, big time shocks, big big games, big shocks, and uh, yeah, it's another great week of NFL action. Yeah, and where is to start than? game from last night, the Sunday night football, Chiefs-Titans, it was a close one. I have to say, um, having watched, being able to watch um, a Titans game for the full, for every play, you really do get to appreciate Derek Henry and just how good he is, because there's yeah. basically just play after play, he's always making a guy miss, and, and, and I know it's almost that sort of de facto bare minimum for a running back, you've got to make at least one guy miss. But he's doing yeah. it every single play. And it's just like so many plays where he's just breaking right through that you know, that line. It's just incredible to watch, Ash. And, and I mean, obviously Derek Henry is good, we all know that at this point. But uh yeah, and yeah, it was a great effort by the Titans. Unfortunately they couldn't quite pull it off. Um had a decent you know, they they're leading at half time, but um unfortunately couldn't get the job done. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if they had a better quarterback, I mean, Malik Willis is just not winning you any games. Like, he was a wasted pick, in my opinion. But if they if they had Tannehill in this game, I think they could have won, personally. Um, they pretty much... like I, I'm really impressed with this Titans defence. I was very impressed with them at the beginning of the year. I thought they'd be, like, ones to watch. Jeffrey Simmons was one of my MVP defensive candidates. Um, and... Aubrey's also stepped up the other defensive tackle and they, they just got a lot of pieces there and, and to hold the Chiefs to nine points at half time was epic really from Tennessee and I like how they're even though they're five and three and like they've had a few bad games that that defense could le- legitimately get them to the AFC championship game again especially if you can run behind Derek Henry who's just a force of nature there's not really anyone like him like you could argue maybe Saquon but just the hits that Henry, Henry takes and just drags people. And to be that big and that quick is just insane. Whereas the Chiefs had no run game and relied all on the cheat code of Pat Mahomes. I mean, he had 68 passing attempts in that game. And he just, that's that's sort of end of the game, fourth quarter. He was just, he is just a cheat code again. There's no, I personally think he's probably him and, after the Bills game, I think it's probably Mahomes is the front runner with Jalen Hurts for MVP at the moment. Um, but yeah, the the Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans are very very good teams, and I personally think the Tennessee Titans will win the South and the Chiefs will win uh, the West. Yeah, it's definitely looking like that at the moment. How much better would you say the Titans would be right now if they still had AJ Brown on that team? I think they would be. Better. The problem is if you're if Malik Willis is only completing five pass attempts um, out of sixteen, it don't matter how good your wide receivers are if you can't throw the ball properly. Um, so if they had if they had Tannehill in, I would say, like I said, I think they would legitimately be could have beaten the Chiefs last night. Like say if it was the Chiefs of last year, uh, the uh, Titans, sorry, of last year. But obviously they they haven't got the starting quarterback in. The main wide receiver that they got from AJ Brown trade is not there, obviously, in Burks. Um, I think he might be a couple of weeks off yet. But if they can kind of get the ball rolling with Burks and Tannehill back, they are not far off what they were last year. I mean, I know AJ Brown is AJ Brown, he's probably top five re- receiver in the league, but 
the most most of the play really comes from Henry and they play they do play action off that so it, as long as you've got Henry fit you've got a chance for Tennessee and I think that Burks is capable enough to do 70% of what AJ Brown does and if you've just got another wide receiver there like they've got Woods it can get open and be a bit crafty they're a dark horse Tennessee and I never thought I'd ever say that really yeah I mean obviously Malik Willis he's not quite there at quarterback Tannehill you know, we we sort of know what he is. He's he's very much the Andy Dalton type. You know, right down the middle. He's not adding anything, but he's not taking anything away. Yeah. Um, I the, the the thing is, when you lose AJ Brown, who is one of the best players in the league, you have to replace him, and they just haven't done it. And even losing Julio Jones, who I know didn't add that much last year. And maybe you know, obviously, hasn't been available much for the Buccaneers this season. But it's like it's not like they've got anyone better. You know, Trellon Burks is not; he's not proven to be. You know, at, at least so far, he's not proven to be what they expected. Um, it's just I I understand in a run heavy offense, maybe it's difficult to you know get enough reps to sh- really show what Traylon Burks could do. But I, they just. It's, it, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year and yeah. now I, I, and obviously they're keeping it close to the Chiefs because they are right on that level and it just that's why it's just so mind-blowing to me that they traded AJ Brown for not you know they weren't getting the whole uh, Eagles team all of their future picks for yeah. AJ Brown they were getting one first it, yeah. I, it just it, looking back on it, it is a mind blowing decision. Yeah, it's, it might come back to cost them. You never know. Obviously, it's going to be one of them ones where we will we shall see in some respects. Obviously, at the moment, it's like it doesn't. It's not really mattering that much. But when it gets to the big crunch games and in the playoffs, and you haven't got that AJ Brown type, it will come up to fruition, and you'll see why. I, I don't know why they gave away him, but they'd done it because obviously they didn't pr- pretty much want to pay him. Um, but obviously if they think they can get 80% of the play out of Burks and Woods that they did from AJ Brown, maybe this team is looking at it that way. Oh, I personally think, if I'm honest, as long as Henry's fit, you just need a quarterback that can get, um, get just complete some passes. I mean, five passes is just not, that is just not adequate for, an NFL team, like you just need someone there. So I don't know if they're going to address that position again next year. If Tannehill's still in line for keeping his job, it's all a bit up in the air with the Tennessee quarterback and wide receiver room. But like I said, this defense is legitimate and Derek Henry's legitimate. And as long as them, them two phases are going and they are fit, then they have got a, they have got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it, it it is one of those things where it's like you're so close to championship. I think you've just got to pay the guy there. I I I think it's one of those where you do whatever it takes. You get one of those contracts that's backloaded or whatever you have to yeah. do. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's incredibly frustrating for a team that was so so close to yeah, potentially challenging. Mm-hmm. On to the Bills at the Jets next. The division matchup that you know could very well be between two playoff teams coming into the season. Um, and the Jets, you know, proven that they're very much deserved to be in that conversation, pulling off the upset here. Um, did they deserve it, Ash? 
Um, it's a tough that that again we're talking about defenses that to hold the Buffalo Bills to seventeen points is just incredible, really, considering what Buffalo's offense have been putting up. They just seem to be in second gear most of the time and just been hammering teams. So this this Jets defense is something to be really excited about if I was a Jets fan. Um, they are still, I still think they're missing something. It might be quarterback. It might be the quarterback. But Zach Wilson played okay this week. I thought Garrett Wilson was excellent. Um, but I think Jets are going to be right in the bubble. They're going to be that five, six, seven seed. And they're in competition with Cincinnati. They're in competition with the Chargers. They're in competition with Miami. And it's just going to come down to these crunch games. I just don't know if Zach Wilson's good enough to get him over the hump and get him into the playoffs. I mean, they're sitting rosy at the moment at six and three, but I just don't, I just, I still have my doubts about Zach Wilson because if you put him under pressure and what that's what Bill, the Bills struggled to do, which was weird. They struggled to put him under that much pressure. Um, considering there was five sacks on Allen and only two on Zach Wilson. And I know New York's defence is good, but Buffalo's defence has been excellent. So it was a bit of a strange one that they weren't, they didn't get home as much on Zach Wilson because when he's pressurised, he is just not the same quarterback. So, but you can't take anything away from the Jets and Salah and what they're doing over there, um, what they're building over there. Um, and I think fair play to the Jets. And that was a massive shock and a big statement as well, just to, make it a little bit more interesting in the East. Yeah, I mean, that was the one sort of matchup you'd think in this game would be relatively easy to predict, is this incredible Bills defensive line with seven players who can all come in and out and all get pressure on the quarterback against the ba- pretty banged-up Jets offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd think that would be heavily one-sided, but yeah. the Jets managed to control that and, uh, you know... Clearly, they did just enough to hang on for the win here. And obviously, you get to that last drive of the game, you're thinking Josh Allen's got the ball. Okay, this is probably game over. And then all of a sudden, that key pressure right at the end from that Jets defense really what wins it to them. Yeah, it was an amazing performance, really, from the Jets. And one that they should obviously, they're going now into this bye in week 10. It's going to give them a lot of confidence, but they kind of got to come out of that bye and build on this because. Being the Buffalo Bills is great, but if you come out of the bye and you lose the next two, it kind of defeats the object. So, but Buffalo, it's just one of them games. There was a few, I think there was, personally, there was a massively pass interference call on source on Gabriel Davis that I don't know if anyone saw, but I thought that was a, pretty much the definition of pass interference. Wasn't given. And there was just a few things where Buffalo just didn't take their chances. Um, and... Allen was a little bit off, really. I mean, 18 out of 34 completions. He was obviously good on the ground, but he was just he was just off with his passing. And you you can have them sometimes. So it's nothing to worry about with Buffalo. I think they're still going to be fine. I still think they'll win the East. And I still think they'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. On to the Dolphins at the Bears next. It was a really close game. It was a really fun one. Um, Tua, you know, back on form. That Dolphins offense really great to watch when it gets going. Um, I mean, even the Dolphins defense and special teams, you know, put in some special plays here and there. But then obviously you've got Justin Fields on the other side of the ball. I so here's the thing, Ash. He has this amazing running game, and you know, don't get me wrong, he's an incredible athlete. Showed all of that. He still hasn't really shown 
an electrifying passing game yet. And is that cause for concern for Bears fans? I think that at the moment you've got to kind of build on what Justin Fields is. And he's kind of in that mold of like sort of like Lamar Jackson in some respects. I mean, he put up 178 rushing yards, which is the most ever by a quarterback in a season um, in one game. So 178 yards as a as a quarterback as a from a rushing perspective is insane. Um, and I thought Fields played really, really well. Um and I think it was kind of a coming of age game in some respects. Um, I think they kind of Chicago now are kind of realizing what Fields is, who he is, and what to get the best out of him is this. He's never going to be your perfect pocket passer. He's never going to be like a Joe Burrow or Herbert or Mahomes or anything. But what he is is he could be someone like Cam Newton. He can be someone like Lamar Jackson. Maybe not with his arm as much, but in regards to his legs, he is that sort of person. So maybe like a Robert Griffin III, that that sort of quality quarterback that if you can build on him properly, build a nice offensive line and, and put up a stellar defense, you could actually be in the mix with the Vikings in some respects. I mean, I thought it was going to be a dead and buried season for Chicago. And to be honest, they're actually turned things around, especially the last two weeks. Even though they lost this week, they've been playing well. And even against Dallas, they played well. So it's they're, 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 there's there's a lot there to be hopeful for as a Chicago fan. So I'm not I'm not too okay with or worried about Fields as a passer. I think that can develop. But as Chicago as a sort of what they're trying to build, I think you're just better off working with what he's good at than trying to change him. Because when you start changing quarterbacks, it just seems to all fall apart. You've got to kind of build, you you draft him for a reason, build around him, build to his attributes, build to what he's good at. Try Don't try and go off and off a tangent and start designing something that he's not, stick to what he's good at. And I think Chicago are kind of, it's kind of dawned on the last three or four weeks now what he is. And I think it's kind of showed on the field with how well he's played. Yeah, it's interesting. So I don't know if it, maybe it was just due to being in a draft class with Trey Lance that maybe his running ability wasn't focused on as much. But I came into this season expecting him to be more of a passing guy and less of the running quarterback. Um, I, I, and that, that is the thing. Maybe just people focused on that less because Trey Lance was right there and he was the obvious guy to go to to talk about you know his running ability, um, and 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 I feel like maybe that has caused some concern for me that I've maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just the way I was viewing it that I was seeing Fields as a passer more than a runner, and now it feels to me as though maybe the game is too quick for him, and obviously he's a rookie, he's you know he's gonna have time to build on this more, but. Sorry, he's not he's not a rookie anymore. It's his second year. Kind of a rookie, though. Yeah, kind of a rookie. Yeah, but, but, you know, it it does kind of feel like the game might be a bit too quick for him. And so he just goes, okay, I I have no clue what's going on in secondary. Let's just run. I don't know (laughs) if you're seeing something completely different to me, but... And I'm completely wrong here, but no, I I understand people's doubts on fields because obviously early part of the season it just it, it just wasn't working. But what what they're doing now is they're using his legs, and then what what teams have to do 
is respect that. So they're going to load the box up more, which will give it more space to throw. So I just think that it's it's an it's being able to adapt and learning on the job. And I think Fields has got all the attributes. He did at Ohio State. He was good at Ohio State. He wasn't a bad throw at Ohio State. So it's not like you're coming in and you, you haven't been putting up good throwing numbers in his college career. He was doing that. So I think it's just it's just sorting out the teething problems and then just scheming right, the right things around him to work. So I think that there's – I wasn't as – I thought that this might be a bit of a car crash season for Chicago, but it's not as bad as I thought it's it's been so far. And I think that if they can continue to develop fields like it is, and then, I mean, they've gone and got Claypool with the trade, but they've got some picks and, and I think that they can work around what fields is good at, get some offensive linemen in. And I think that if you can get like one of the stud wide receivers in this, in this, um, maybe, I don't know maybe who to get, but maybe like a Johnston from TCU or something like that. And maybe that this team could put up some a little bit more in the passing game as, as respects. Cause you, then you've got Mooney, you've got this, maybe he's like another one from this class. And then, and then you've got Claypool, you've got some good, good wide receivers there to work with. So I think that there's, there's plenty to be positive about at the moment with Chicago, even though they're three and six. And on the flip side with Miami, I think that, these two wide receivers, Waddle and Hill, is just they're just something else. I know, I know two is playing well, but if you've got two wide receivers like that, it's hard not to play well. Personally, these two wide receivers are just insane, and Tyreek Hill's on for breaking Calvin Johnson's record at the moment, which you can see why with the amount of numbers he's putting up. Yeah, he's got to feel right at home right now too, hasn't he? That and that offense does look very much like Bama lights, uh, not just in terms of the uniform color. Um and so on to two more car crash seasons. Speaking of, um, Packers at the Lions. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a great game just because it's what it, just visually you see Rogers at Ford Field, and you fit and you go back to that hail mary, and then for it to go so disastrously wrong for him, um, it was tr- truly incredible. Uh, to watch for me personally, um, I'm not <laughs> sure about Packers fans. Um, now I don't want to be the celebration police here, but does it not feel like the Lions have three of these games every year, where they where it feels like a massive win, they celebrate le- like there's no tomorrow, and then we're just back to regular Lions next week. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Personally, <laughs> like they. I mean, the Aiden Hutchinson interception was awesome. Like, it got me out of my seat. Like, it was just one of them ones where I can't believe Rodgers didn't see it, but Hutchinson jumped the route. Great play from Hutchinson for that one. Um, But the Lions, I, I, I don't know what it is with the Lions at the moment. Obviously, everyone loves them after hard knocks. And Dan Campbell is someone to root for. Obviously, he said, oh, we're going to... That was that was hard one. We're going to go and have a beer afterwards, etc. But... I don't really see Detroit really changing much until Goff goes. And I know that sounds harsh, but I think we know what Goff is. Like, he's fine, but I I just think that he's not going to eat. He's not as good as Kirk Cousins. And he's there's just not going to be this dynamic Detroit offense that we're everyone wants with Swift and Williams and St. Brown and, Jameson Williams, when he comes in, it looks like they're going to probably 
get someone else in as well, maybe in the summer um, in the uh, free agency market at wide receiver or at tight end, obviously, because they let Hockerson go. But I don't think things are really going to change. But I think there's another year or two yet for this development. And I think that also comes with Goff going. And this, I'm not saying that Goff's horrendous and he's probably still a starting quarterback somewhere. But if Detroit will always be this Detroit while Goff's there because that's what the, what, the, what he is. So it's, there's nothing bad on Detroit. You've got to take these wins. I mean, beating Green Bay at home, you're going to have to celebrate this like there's no tomorrow because they deserved it as well. Like their defense played really, really, really well. Um, and Rodgers was just all over the show, really, to be honest, especially in the red zone, which is not really like Rodgers. Um, and they couldn't rely on the ground game, obviously, with Aaron Jones going out. So, yeah, it was a good win for Detroit and a massive shock, and they deserved it. But Detroit are still going to be Detroit with Goff there, personally. Yeah, it's it's sort of like they're in the middle of a redecorating job and they just haven't got the kitchen done yet. But yeah. they're, trying, they're sort of trying to live in the house and sort of get on with their lives. But it's like they've still got to get that one bit done before you can really move on. And it's not like, you know, the kitchen's still usable. But you, you've just you've just got to get it done. You've got you've got to get something new in there. Yeah, I think and I think they will. I think they will address it personally. I think it is once the contract is favourable for the car. I think that's when they'll do it. At the moment, it's just too expensive. Yeah, absolutely. On to the Vikings at the Commanders next. Uh, just get all the NFC North teams done in one go. Why don't we? <laughs> um, I mean, there's still seven and one. Thankfully. Um, it was looking like the commanders were going to get a sneaky upset here. Did you did you ever believe in the commanders here, Ash? Or because they were looking really on for it, weren't they in the first half? Yeah, they they played pretty well to be honest. Like defensively as well, they they were very good. Um, but it was that sort of belief that seems to be building with Kevin O'Connell at the moment. It in Minnesota that they even if they're down and they're not playing well they can grind these wins out which last season they were kind of always in these one score games and sort of like 50-50 coming away with wins and losses this year they've just been flying it's been they're probably the most like quieter 7-1 and one team I've ever seen like <laughs> I can't believe no one's really talking about Minnesota at all it's, they're talking about the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins and San Francisco's and Obviously, your Eagles and your Cowboys and Minnesota just plodding along at seven and one, and no one's talking about them at all because they, other than Justin Jefferson, like they're not really like these flash performances. But defensively, Daniel Hunter is just he's playing awesome again. He seems to be back back to his himself. Um, Zadarius Smith is just freaking nature. Like what a pickup that was. Um, and then if you've got people like Justin Jefferson, Hoxon came in, done awesome for them. So they're a dark horse. They've got, they've got some good, good weapons as well. Obviously, Cook, Matt, Madison. So, and even like, even Thielen, although he's aging a little bit, is not as dynamic as he used to be, still a good route runner. So they've got all the pieces there. They'll easily win that division <laughs> by a long way with the other teams that are in it that aren't playing well. But Washington give up a good sort of like performance, to be honest. And, even though they're they like Heineke's Heineke, I still think that he's better than what they've got. I think he's probably better than Wentz, to be honest, at the moment, the way he's playing. Um, and I think like 
they've got some wide receivers there. They've got a few things, but Washington at the moment, they 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 were close, but it was no cigar for them. And I think that Minnesota, the good team seem to find a way to win. And under O'Connell, they're playing really, really well. Yeah, it is interesting because it does kind of feel like it's not necessarily that the Vikings are good, it's just that no one else is at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think they are good. I think they are good. I think it's just that they're not flashy with it. They're playing yeah. like grinding football, like they're digging out wins. And I think that they're they'll be it'll be really interesting this week. I think I'm just trying to remember who they're playing, that they've got a half decent team. Come back to me on that one. I'll remember in a minute. Um, but they've they are still grinding out these wins, and I think that, like I said, Minnesota are are quietly doing their business. And to be seven and one is no mean feat, especially with teams losing. Like there's no tomorrow at the moment. There's so many upsets and stuff. So I think that to be that consistent, you got to be a round of applause for them, really. Well, funny you should mention it because it is the Bills next week for the Vikings. Yeah, there you go. I thought it was someone big next week. Yeah, I did, so, that's going to be I the real know test. A bit more about them. That's going to be their first real test, isn't it? Yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah, we'll know a bit more about them next week. Yeah, I just, I mean, I guess it's one of those things when you've got the Justin Jeffersons and the Dalvin Cooks, you expect the team like that to be making the flashy plays, and that's the way they win. And so when they aren't doing that, I guess it sort of feel, it feels like, okay, there's something wrong here, but then yeah. you're seven and one. And so it's a very weird place for the Vikings right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm waiting for the other shoes to drop with them. Um, yeah. And But hopefully for them, that shoe is Justin Jefferson toe-tapping in the end zone. <laughs> I think I think the game that this game this week hinged on that Harrison Smith turnover from Heineke and then the momentum just flipped and then Minnesota just found a way and they dug it out and I think I think like you said this week will be interesting to see how they get on against the Bills but fair play to Minnesota they're doing really well under O'Connell. Yeah, absolutely. Um Chargers at the Falcons next. I I I'm I'm betting this one was a lot closer than you were hoping it was going to be Ash. Oh man, this was this was pain. This was a tough watch. Like we are, we have, I think this is like the fourth consecutive week that we've been down by double digits at the end of the first quarter. So it's like, it's painful. The first quarter and the third quarter for the Chargers at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Coming out from kickoff, horrendous. Second quarter, absolutely fine. Doing really well. I think we're like, we're second in the league for most points in the second quarter. And then third quarter, coming out of halftime, we're just flat again. It's like, it's been a nightmare. We've had a few injuries. I think we lost Johnson again. We lost Johnson this week. Our starting wide receivers this week were like Palmer, Michael Bandy. Like, it's pretty brutal. I'm shocked, really, the Chargers didn't look at somebody uh, at the trade deadline. Maybe there's talk that there's... It's not massive talk because there's other teams circling, but Odell Beckham is a name to keep an eye on, maybe for the Chargers, especially if Keenan Allen's not fit and Al- um, Williams isn't back. Um, but it was it was a brutal watch. And that, I don't know if anyone saw it right at the end of the game where Chargers got the ball, ran down, got close to the goal, um, so the kicking uh, to do a field goal. Eckler fumbled it, then they picked the ball up, ran about 20 yards further back, then they fumbled it, and then the Chargers recovered it. It was a bit of a calamity game, to be honest. It's, it was typical, if I'm honest, of the Atlanta Falcons and the Chargers, because these two teams seem to find a way 
to lose a game. Like it was literally comedy gold watching them in the fourth quarter. So I don't really know how the Chargers are five and three. I don't really know how Atlanta Falcons are top of the South. But both teams just at the moment, they're just kind of hovering around and they're not playing great football. So I don't really know what's going to go on these next few weeks, if they're going to get found out a little bit. But injuries are killing the Chargers at the moment. They've had, their, I think it's 50% of their rosters down. Um, so And they're big names as well, like Slaters and Boses and Keenan. And like the list goes on. It's pretty horrendous. But you just got to deal with it in the NFL. It's the next man up sort of mentality. So I think we've got San Francisco this week. Uh, followed by the Chiefs, followed by the Cardinals. So it's a big three weeks for the Chargers. They could be five and six, or they could surprise and end up maybe winning one or two of those games. Yeah, I mean, it could still be a good season for the Chargers, for sure. There's, uh, obviously, you know, everything's a bit up in the air at the moment. But, they've, you know, when it comes down to it, you've got Justin Herbert. Like, you've got a great defence on paper. Like, there should be, you know, at least a challenge towards the end of the season, you would hope. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Odell Beckham there. One of the certainly more distressing pieces of news uh, that the Cowboys are interested in coming out yeah. this week. Um, I, I I generally don't know what I'd do. It's, um, <laughs> if, I, if I saw him in a Cowboy jersey, I, I'd, I might just have to boycott Red Zone so I'd never have to actually see it. It's, um, yeah. Oh man, just the that would be tough it. for a Giants fan to see that. Yeah, definitely, especially definitely for my, for myself, um, who started watching the sport in 2014, um, and that was my and my first season was his rookie season, um, and where he just set the world alight, and that made yeah. me a Giants fan for life. I, yeah. uh, I I just couldn't bear the thought of it. I I really enjoyed watching him on the Rams and seeing him do well in in a Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I and obviously you know, there's uh, been a couple of times this season where apparently he's come to the Giants facility, and he is still mates with Sterling Shepard. So that's you know keeping my fingers crossed for that eventuality because that's the thing is the Giants are still six and two as well. You know, yeah. there's we're very much in that conversation if he wants to come to a winning team you can always come home Odell never too far <laughs> is there's I think there's going to be I think the news will start to circulate a bit more but there there should be a few teams in the running especially because a few of them didn't make that trade on the trade deadline I mean Packers probably might even be one that would keep an eye out for Odell um, it might be the contract that's a sticking point um, especially for the Chargers because their contract next year is pretty horrendous um, it's not Saints like, but it's it's not great. Um, but they they need something at the moment. They need their players back. To be honest, the Chargers at the moment. Herbert played really really well. The interception was really unlucky, and some of it. They had 30, 30 completions from forty three. But if you if you actually watch the game, some of the Chargers players, the drops were horrendous. Everett drop was juggling. Palmer was juggling, like some of them couldn't keep hold of the ball. So even Eckler had a couple of missed drops as well. So Herbert was really on song. And if I'm honest, they won that game because of that fourth quarter drive that Herbert put together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just quickly, before we move on to the next game, whilst uh, whilst I can wedge the Giants in in here for a second, (laughs) um, Xavier McKinney um, has just, he's... I don't know exactly what he's done to his hand, but he's injured his hand whilst on holiday um, 
riding an ATV. And it's one of those things where you're like, I want I want him to enjoy himself during the bye week. But it's so incredibly frustrating during yeah. a six and two season. And obviously as a Giants fan, even though I wasn't watching at the time, you can't help but think back to Platico Burris um literally shooting himself in the foot. Um <laughs> I just uh it's one of those things that you can't and the, this is the other thing. So apparently there's a clause in his contract which says if he gets injured riding an ATV, his guaranteed money is void. So clearly there's precedent for this. Like the Giants know that's what he likes doing. I, and so I guess it's, I, I don't, I really don't know how to feel about it. Should I be angry or should, should I just be like, he's a human being and he's going to have fun during his bye week? I don't, uh, if, I think it's just one of them freak accidents, but you would expect players to be blow caution to the wind, especially in season, which is just crazy, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just crazy that, that that's, it's just, that's happened, but nothing surprises me in the NFL, to be honest, what players get up to when they're off time. Like some of these players are just, oh, I don't know what they're thinking. They are crazy, some of these players. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, on to the Raiders at the Jags. Um, very rare, rare we're still we're this deep into the schedule, if you like, and we've still got some entertaining games to talk about. Um, I mean, this was this was a great one. I mean, just for the neutral, really. I, I don't, I don't think I'm not necessarily sure fans of either team are necessarily loving it, but uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, right down to the end, a really close game. Uh, did you enjoy watching uh, division rivals struggle here, Ash? <laughs> yeah, like they come out of the blocks flying, didn't they? Las Vegas, Stefano Adams looked like he was just out on an island on his own. No one was covering him at all. Um, and then second half, nothing. They did it, put up no points. It just wasn't really very. It, they all they needed to really do was come out with a little bit of momentum in the second half. They probably would have put them away, but. Jacksonville to be fair to them, they don't know when they're down. So it was kind of like the Denver game in the flip, whereas they come out all firing. And in the second half, this in this game, they just come out all firing again. I think the connection with Kirk worked. And at the moment, Travis Etienne looks like an absolute gem of a running back. I mean, he's stick thin. I don't know how long that's going to last for, but he is lightning quick. Um, and he's got so much wiggle. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Shady McCoy, which is weird because obviously it's under Doug Peterson. So, yeah, it's. I think that they've kind of they let James Robinson go and Etienne's there as the lone bell cow now, which you don't really hear that a lot in the NFL with, with the words bell cow anymore. But they seem to absolutely love Etienne and a lot of this play and a lot of this offense is built around him. Um, and, yeah, I thought that it was nice to see Jacksonville come be a little bit more of the Jacksonville that I saw them be when they absolutely hammered us in week three. Um, they've been on a bit of a downturn, really. I don't really know why. Maybe it's just Lawrence hasn't been playing great and defensively they haven't been brilliant. But I thought they they picked themselves up again, Jacksonville, this week after Denver. The, the day, game at Denver, they didn't play badly, but I think this is the game they needed and I think the Vegas defense isn't great, so it helped them a little bit on the pick up some points. But 
with Vegas, I, I don't really know where, what they're doing at the moment. Two and six, and they just don't really look with it at all. Yeah, both teams sort of seem in a bit of the middle of nowhere at the moment. Obviously, the Jaggers, you think they'd be ready to start competing now two years of first-round picks or first-overall picks. Um, you know, you'd think they'd be able to start competing, but it's just not happening for them yet. Um, yeah. And the Raiders, I think we all thought Josh McDaniels was going to make some impact. I, was, I thought he was going to be coach of the year. Um, and uh, it's just not happened for them. As you know, interesting, you mentioned the term bell cow, one of many words dying out of those used in the NFL. Um, and in a rare case where it's not because the word is incredibly offensive. So always <laughs> good to hear. Um, Rams at the Bucks next. Um Two teams who we, you know, obviously the last two Super Bowl champions, um, they certainly didn't look like it here, did they? No, it was, it was poor, really, really poor. It was probably one of the poorest games this weekend. And you're talking about a team that's coached by McVeigh, and one of them's got Brady at the helm. Do you know what I mean? Like it was such a bad game to watch. Um, I thought. I thought Brady was okay, more so in the second half, and obviously that that fourth quarter, the comeback and such. But these two teams look; they just do not look with it. I've got more confidence in Tampa finding their way back than I have the Rams at the moment because the Rams are just too predictable. They just everything's through cup, um, and they they heavily rely on Donald's pass rush, and if you can get. If you get the right side of the Rams at the moment, they just can't put points up. They've got no run game. Stafford's just not really looking with it. Robinson's been awful. Hig- Higby's on a downturn. The Rams are just not playing well at the moment. I think the this honeymoon period is over in LA for big time there. Um, but Tampa, obviously, they're they're hovering there with the the Falcons in that bad South Division. They've been playing poorly, but if they can find a way to get things right. I've got I've got a little bit more faith in what Tampa could be and what Tampa can do than I have with the Rams at the moment because they're in a tough division. If they don't find their find their way soon, they're going to be way out of it. So it was just really I think this was the worst game of the weekend in regards to how the teams played, um, and it was just not very Super Bowl like from these two teams in regards to these two obviously winning the last two. So yeah, it was was an ugly game. Um, not one for the uh, the spectators, but you would have thought it would have been a lot better considering these two teams and obviously all the firepower and all the weapons they've got. But it's kind of the best player, if I'm honest, was Vita Vea, who's like a 320-pound yeah. nose tackle. So there you go. That's how, that's how much of a weird game it was. Yeah, I mean, he was absolutely amazing to watch. Just seeing yeah. a guy that size move at that speed is uh, always going to be incredible. Obviously, that's the sort of thing you usually say about Aaron Donald. Um I mean, I guess it's one of those things when you build a roster that's so top heavy. Obviously, it worked incredibly well for them last season, but yeah, I guess the opposition knows, you know, there's only a certain number of places you're realistically that are going to go, and there's also a lot of holes if you're on the other side of the ball looking at them defensively. You know, okay, Jalen Ramsey's on that side, but you can only cover that side, so you just go yeah. the other way. It, it, but you know, and you get to those big moments, and those players do come up massively important. And uh, yes, yeah, so it, it's I guess it's just one of those 
they're just in a bad spell at the moment, the Rams, unfortunately, because um, they're great to watch when they're playing well. But, uh, yeah, just one of those teams, you know, established at the top of the NFC and they're leaving a big void at the top of that NFC West for someone to come and fill. Yeah, I think, that, like you said, they're just too predictable at the moment. Like, to beat the Rams defensively, Brady's kind of like the epitome of it is you've got to get the ball out quick because if you hold on to it too long, Donald's going to get you. So when they're playing teams like the Bengals and stuff where they, they're these they're big Hollywood balls to Jamar Chase and stuff like that, that's why he did well against them teams. And if you hold on to the ball more than sort of four or five seconds, you're in these five-step, seven-step drops, you're going to get found out. But teams are kind of like, all right, we'll just get the ball out quick. San Francisco did it with McCaffrey, absolutely murdered them. So you get the ball out quick. Donald can't touch your quarterback. He's never going to get near anywhere near you. And they haven't really got anyone else, like linebacker-wise and that, that's really doing it at the moment. Like you said, Jalen Ramsey, but he's a corner. He's not like tackling these well um, running backs that are coming in or these wide receivers in, in the slot and stuff. So it, they're just a little bit predictable. And on offense, like they're just, they're just not with it on offense. I don't know what's going on because this is not the offense that we saw last year. It's just all over the place on offense. So once they get that sorted, I think that they'll be a better team because at the moment it's just it's just too predictable going to cup on end arounds and and on the slots so much. And if it wasn't for cup in with that long touchdown drive, I mean they they literally have nothing else at the moment, and it's just it's really hard to watch it as a rat if you're a Rams fan to see how much they've fallen off a cliff at the moment. They need to try and find a way to get it right. Yeah. Um. So moving on to the Seahawks. Sorry. Yeah, Seahawks at the Cardinals next. It did I didn't lose my place? I thought I did for a second. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, a decent game between you know two teams who I mean, it's one of those the Seahawks have looked good so far, and you're sort of starting to ask the questions of how long it's going to last. Uh, good win against the division rival here, who you know, at the start of the season, you would have definitely favored the Cardinals here. Um, but yeah, they're keeping it going, the Seahawks, and I, I think. I think we can safely say at this point they're definitely a good team, aren't they? Yeah, they're a very good team. Um, th- this draft class, I think I'm, I think I'm, but keep banging on about it every pod. <laughs> this this draft class honestly is is insane. It's so good, and especially offensively with the two tackles and Kenneth Walker, they they just seem to be clicking. They've got confidence at the moment. They're well coached. Um, Woolen seems to be an absolute gem of a corner as well for them. Um, obviously he, he struggled with that first one with the Hopkins, but straight after that, it was like lights out for Woolen. So yeah, the, I think these, the Seahawks are a very good team. I think that if it, if they got into a bit of a shootout, maybe if they come up against some big teams, maybe in the AFC, obviously they won't, they're not going to be playing many of them, but there's not many teams at the moment in the NFC, maybe the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, maybe that East, other than that, I think Seattle can pretty much be anyone else at the moment, and I think that it's going to be a it's going to be a fun one to see if it's going to either be them or San Francisco. And obviously, at the moment, Seattle have got a two two game head start, so we we shall see for the for the West. But yeah, Seattle are a great team, and Arizona they still haven't really got that identity at the moment. 
think they're throwing a lot of a lot of wide receivers out there trying to cover up some holes. But yeah, Seattle are just a very good team. I think Arizona played better. Um, but that Seattle seemed to be the team to try and beat in the West. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're right, mate. Yeah, just a cough there. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's not 2020 anymore. Those don't mean anything <laughs> now. Um, Panthers at the Bengals next uh, game of the Big Cats. Um, I I I felt very bold in uh, picking the Panthers for this one. I was like, oh, they're, they're good run. I I I get if they. <laughs> I was really like, oh, I bet the Panthers are going to win here, and I'm going to be proven right about the Bengals and all this stuff. I've been ragging on them for weeks about how they're not really a good team. I'm still I'm still denying it. I'm still a full on Bengals denier. Um, say what you want, uh, but but obviously you know they as Joe Mixon in particular, I, I I'd hate to call them a flat track bully, but um, I I feel like that's kind of what they are at the moment. I I I obviously I feel like I'm very much alone in this take, but um, Ash, you know, I, obviously you're seeing a lot from the Bengals at the moment, are you? Yeah. Um. I still think Bengals are a pretty good team. I just think that they've their struggles were early on in the season, um, but they they missed Chase obviously. But this this seemed to be not your average Joe performance in some respects with the Mixon and Burrow sort of tandem that they put up. I mean, if you had Mixon in fantasy this week, you were laughing with five touchdowns. It was kind of reminiscent of that Alvin Kamara um, when it was close to Christmas, that time when he went off on a Thursday night game. But yeah, they they are a team. They can beat anyone on their day, Cincinnati. It's just keeping the consistency there because um, they've got the players to do it. It's a tough division. Obviously, they've got the Ravens in with them, but I think they're kind of finding their feet. I think Joe Burrow is excellent. Second half, they didn't even really need to try. They were up by so many. Um, and Carolina kind of got found out a little bit after. They put up some good performances recently, but they kind of got found out for what they are is this. They still got a massive hole at quarterback that needs sorting out. And obviously they, they sold a few players um, for picks this uh, recently. So they're still going to be looking in that market for quarterback and a few extra pieces. I'm surprised there was talk that they would didn't trade Burns away and didn't trade more away in, in the trade deadline. There was talk that they might've got three extra first round picks, which is, a little bit surprising in some respects if I was Carolina and you kind of go in full rebuild because obviously you're going to have to you pay, you're paying more at the moment you're going to have to pay Burns big time um, but I suppose you've got to pay somebody so that's obviously what they were looking at but yeah I, I still think Cincinnati are they're a very good team and on their day they can be anybody yeah it's interesting you mentioned Joe Mixon's fantasy performance and how you know if you've got him in your team you're laughing because I do actually have him. The one league I've got him in um, is our podcast league, which uh, I think if if you saw the standings from a couple of weeks ago, you'll know I'm very much that right down at the bottom on my own. <laughs> and my team is so bad that I had Joe Mixon play this week and I've still managed to lose. So one and eight for me in the podcast league. Um, but you know what? It doesn't matter till the playoffs anyway. So... We'll get there and then we'll start. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Back into the real world of football here. Um, Eagles at the Texans was the Thursday night game. The Texans 
it was one of those um you know i tend to record the full games um for the for the thursday sunday and monday night football and then try to watch them the next day without spoiling them for myself and uh it's just uh <laughs> the texans really had me believing in that first half they would look like they had a genuine chance and i was all up for it come first eagles lost of the season um and unfortunately it, it it was sort of the imperial march you know slowly the eagles came back and you know they took over the inevitable did happen in the end um ash i mean what what can we say about the eagles apart from the very good very well balanced football team yeah, very well balanced football team. Defensively, offensively, they seem to pretty much have everything. Um, Hertz is obviously on track at the moment for MVP. If he can keep this up, especially if they they run the season, um, there probably is a loss or two in there. I would have thought just because no team is can be that consistent all the time. Um, Houston, on the other hand, they are <laughs> they're in no man's land. Obviously, they got Pierce. 27 carries is was is a crazy amount. They try to play Eagles at their own game, um, but they need... I, I personally think that the head coach might change as well again for Houston. I think this is kind of just like a stopgap because they didn't really know who they wanted or didn't couldn't get who they wanted in. So I think Houston will be all change again next, next year. One win says it all, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a shame. I, you know, obviously, I, I, I'm slightly biased in wanting you to get their first loss here, but it's one of those where you do kind of want the unbeaten team to go on for as long as possible, just sort of see how far they can get. Yeah. Um, but you know, let's just say they're not getting any further than week eleven. <laughs> I'll just say that much. Hopefully. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, on to the Colts at the Pats for our final game, uh, final wrap-up. It's a pretty dominant victory for the Pats here. Um, Sam Ellinger does not look like much. Only second game, but you, know, you, you think we'd at least see a flash of something. Um, over two games, yeah. Actually, maybe you're seeing something I'm not in this kid, and there is something, but only three points, and admittedly against a very good Patriots defense, um, but still only only able to put up three points here. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like a quarter quarterback, even the backup quarterback. To be honest, personally, like I don't know why they thought that he. Is good enough to play in this league. Why they switch from Matt Ryan to him? I know Matt Ryan was having a bad time, but if this is your best you've got, just stick with Matt Ryan. Um, Frank Reich obviously lost his job. Um, doesn't surprise me. It was one of the ones I thought that um would be one of the next ones to go. Um, so Reich, um, and Ron Rivera were the two I was targeting as the next one. I had Matt Rule as the first one to go, and then. Reichel Rivera would be the next and Reich's been the next one. So New England look very New England-like at the moment, run the ball well, haven't really got anyone flashy at wide receiver, but seems to just get things done in some respects. 
Um, a little bit inconsistent, which is a little bit un New England like. But when they when they do find their groove, they are very New England. Um, Matt Matt Jones was okay. Um, Stevenson was great. I thought the catch in the end zone was awesome from him. And this defense is really really good. Matt Judon was insanely good this weekend. Like what a performance! But he he's going to be one of the one of the names that we'll be whispering towards the end of the season if he continues this for defensive player of the year so we'll see what how that turns out but yeah new england's they're on the bubble as well like the afc at the moment is such a tough division uh, such a tough conference where you're talking about the winners maybe like the bills the chiefs the titans um and the ravens and then you've got like a you've just got like five or six or seven teams really that I've all got a shout, like New England, the Jets, the Chargers, the Bengals, like, and they're all good teams. Like, if they're in the NFC, they'd probably be winning two or three of these divisions because it's it's been that bad in the in the other and the flip side. So, New England have got have got a chance, but I, I still think that because of the the tough division that they're in with the Bills and and the Jets playing wells and the Dolphins, I think that, that they're probably the odd one out in some respects. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, I guess it was sort of inevitable for Reich at this point as well. Um, you cycle through four quarterbacks in three years. Yeah, uh, that that's pretty much a death sentence for an NFL coach, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I and mean, just the thing, they're not. They weren't awful quarterbacks as well. Like they're definitely quarterbacks that, in theory, you can win with. Like you yeah, know, obviously Matt Ryan, he's certainly not in the prime of his career, but. There should be a good enough team around in there that they can at least do better than they did with Carson Wentz, but they just kept going backwards. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, just how the NFL is. He'll definitely get a job as an offensive coordinator somewhere, if not in the NFL, definitely in college. Um, but yeah, like you know, Frank Reich, obviously, you know, mastermind of the Eagles Super Bowl winning offense. That guy is going to get a job for the rest of his career. Like as long as he wants a job, he'll get one in the NFL. Um, so you know, I can't feel too bad for him. And I can't feel too bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Colts, you know, they'll be moving on to whoever you know is the next guy to make Aaron Rodgers laugh. I guess is uh, <laughs> apparently what qualifies you for an NFL coach in these days. Um, so that just about wraps up for us. Um, Monday night football tonight. Um, Ash, you got any predictions last minute? I've been looking silly on Monday night football, so I'm not going to say anything recently. Like maybe team team seem to be. Oh yeah, they should be or fine. They should win it. You you would have thought kiss of death Baltimore should win it, but would <laughs> nothing puts nothing would surprise me at the moment in the NFL. And New Orleans is one of them teams that could surprise. So we shall see. But it should be a good game to be honest. Might be. Uh, Obviously, Baltimore, they're missing so many pieces at the moment. So, Lamar Jackson at the moment is going to have to go, probably do a lot with his legs. Um, you might see a bit of a Devin Duvernay performance tonight, I would have thought, because they got no Andrews, no Bateman. So, maybe Likely's involved, but I think Duvernay might be the prime candidate for a, a big performance. And New Orleans, hopefully, I love a balls out because he was my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, so he's he's playing really well at the moment. Um, and I'm hoping uh, more things to come from from Alave. So should be a good game tonight. Two good teams, two well-coached teams. 
um, two solid rosters. So yeah, it should be a good good game for the neutral. Yeah. Also, Roquan Smith's debut in a Ravens jersey, which uh, yeah. should be interesting to watch. I mean, it's obviously a great defense already. Um, can't wait to see what he adds to it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, on the other side of the ball, can't wait. For, I, I, the Saints' defense has been very good. Um, but I, you know, it's always you always love to see Lamar Jackson play, and hopefully, he can do whatever he needs to do. To absolutely tear them apart. Yeah. So yeah, that's everything for us this week. Um, thanks so much for joining me, Ash. Any passing words? Well, just uh, I hope everyone's enjoying it, and it's like, quite quite a way through the season now. There's some big games in Week Ten. You're talking Minnesota Buffalo, like we talked about before. There's the game in Germany as well this weekend. Um, for the European fans, um. I think the Chargers play San Francisco, big game there. There's a, there's a few divisional games as well. So should be some fun watching for week 10, even though we've just had week nine, but it feels like it's coming thick and fast at the moment. So onwards and upwards for week 10 should be more excitement. Yeah, it is a slight shame that um, the game in Germany will be clashing. Well, the end of the game will be clashing with the United game. So we'll have slightly torn loyalties there, but hopefully... Based on United's current form, I'll be able to switch, <laughs> stay switch on over, yeah. yeah, exactly. Come, come back to the Bucks Seahawks game very quickly. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, and Giants football next week. So can't wait to talk about that again. And uh, yeah, see you in a bit.